Hey everybody, welcome back to Engage on 101.5 UMFM with your hosts Josue Devi and Kate Jones. Today we're here with a very special guest, we're really excited. We have Bryce from Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center offers support to the Two-Spirit, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, and queer community in the form of counseling, education, and programming. These programs range from children to people 55 plus, also just supporting families, friends, and employers of the community. Their education program and ally education awareness and outreach assist healthcare providers, educators, students, social service, and commercial service providers. So we're really excited to be able to provide a platform and hear more about this amazing community and amazing organization doing work for the community. And without further ado, hi Bryce, we're pleased to have you on. I guess first things first, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about your role at Rainbow Resource Center. Yeah, hi, uh, my name is Bryce Byron. I work here as the information and intake coordinator. So I sit at the front desk and I'm often the first point of contact that people have here with Rainbow. I use Z here and here's pronouns. And I'm, I'm happy to chat with folks and connect folks with our services. Sweet. So if you wouldn't mind maybe going back just to start off to the beginning, at least as far back as your introduction to the team, how long have you been with them? Yeah, I've been with Rainbow Resource Center here for just about a year now. Uh, I started just before the second wave of the pandemic hit. So I've been involved with a lot of our adaptations to an extended stint of online programming and really working to make sure that we can continue to support the community throughout this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and making sure that our programs are available kind of no matter what's been going on out in the community. Definitely. Yeah, sweet. So what are some of the specific tools that you are offering to youth in our in our community? Yeah, so we have programming that spans all age ranges, really. We have programming for real young youth through our Blink Play Group. And we have, again, you mentioned seniors programming uh, that's 55 plus, and uh, we even have a, a gathering in our center of 75 plus members of the community, uh, which went over quite well. So we, we really do span all ages. Kind of often when folks reach out to me looking to connect with the center, oftentimes they'll connect with our counseling program, either single session or short-term counseling that we have made available by Zoom over the phone. And we are just now starting to offer in-person counseling sessions again. Throughout the pandemic, our social support programs, youth programs, our volunteer groups, they have all moved over to Zoom. So not only have been people been able to participate from their homes here in Winnipeg, who would have normally come into the center. But folks from all across Manitoba and Northern Ontario have also been able to join who wouldn't necessarily be able to get into the center, whether it's due to work schedules or whether it's due to a long drive to get here to the city. Nice. That's uh, that's very interesting to hear. That's really cool that more and more people are able to join now, especially through, you know, online formatting and things like that. You were talking about a little bit about COVID-19 uh, mm -hmm. and the effects and sort of, you know, finding new ways to offer the programming. I'm interested to hear what some of the biggest challenges were coming into or working right actually in the middle of the pandemic and kind of just being involved in the community in that capacity. Yeah, one of our our programs that kind of suffered uh, is was our ability to distribute harm reduction and safer sex supplies. So 
we're often a place for people who can't find condoms or safer drug use supplies. Other places in the community uh, come out and access them here. So we have been doing our best to open our doors when it is safe to do that and have people in the center, but also really working to uh, make sure that it's safe and make sure that everyone who comes into the center is going to be safe and we're doing our programming in a way that isn't going to lead to further infection. Yeah, makes it makes a lot of sense. It's really important to have these resources for people to become come and access, you know, especially just knowing how inaccessible it can be sometimes and how uh, different communities aren't able to be able to access these things. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering in your own words, why it's important to have resource centers like this, why it's important to provide access to the things that Rainbow Resource Center offers to the community. So yeah, I have a chance to chat with folks who are, whether they're just coming out or whether they've got a family member who's uh, just coming out of the closet. I'm oftentimes one of the first people that they talk to here at the center. So whether it's a parent whose kid just came out as bi, gay, lesbian, trans. I really have the opportunity to have those kind of initial conversations and introducing people to all the resources that we offer but are also available in the wider community. And really to kind of normalize the experience of being a member of the 2S LGBTQ community. I sometimes have folks calling in from remote areas where they don't have any local supports and we're really their closest place to access any services and to really connect with the 2S LGBTQ community. So it's it's really it's really very heartening to be able to have those initial conversations for me to really reach out and tell people, yeah, it's going to be okay. We, we're here to help you and really kind of answer folks' questions of like, am I normal? Uh, and really, sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That's really sweet to hear. And, and seems like you have a lot of, lot of passion on a personal level for these people, which I think is really important. I was curious if you had any, not necessarily favorite, but like any any particular moments or memories that stand out to you during your time. Yeah, I'm. I I regularly get parents reaching out who are wanting to support their kids, and and that always touches my heart in a way that like really really hits me and uh, you know some kind of sometimes kind of tear up and hearing these parents who really just want to be supportive they want the best for their kids and being someone who I didn't come out until my mid-20s I did not have the knowledge or the language to really identify with part of the 2S LGBTQ community until I was, you know, further along in life and had some more experience. But to see these these youth who are coming out and claiming their identities and then getting that support within their families and with, within their really, their closest relations, that's really the heartwarming stuff that really, really gets to me. And I'm just like, kids these days, they're, they're doing all right. And the parents, they're also, they're doing all right. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I would like to hear your opinion on how you think the everyday person can contribute to breaking down um, barriers and making things in our community a bit easier for the uh, LGBTQ community. 
Yeah, so homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, they they are unfortunately alive and well in our in our communities. Um and really really standing up against that and when if someone if someone in your life is misgendering a trans person uh, whether it's a, an aggressive act uh, to try and hurt them or discredit their identity or whether it's just inadvertent really kind of kind of challenge that and encourage people to use the right pronouns really kind of normalizing whatever different family structures you know some people have two moms some people have two dads and some families have more more people in that uh involved than just two so really kind of working to normalize but without necessarily requiring members of the 2SLGBTQ community to fit in with that kind of straight uh, heteronormative and cisnormative expectation that members of the 2SLGBTQ community can, you know, have their own aesthetics. They can choose how they dress, how uh, they're presenting that's intentionally to signal that they're where they find their community, where they find their home, and that not ostracizing people for deciding to stand out um, and not. So that's that's one way to take a look at it or a couple different options. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And uh, just as individuals, having that freedom, having that space to be ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. You know, our youth growing up, I think having that freedom uh, the acceptance is just so important uh, to building character, so important to just building ourselves up. So that's really, really great. I'm interested to hear what some of the, with Rainbow Resource Center kind of operating in, you know, colonial world, operating in the capacity it does. I'm, I'm interested to know if there are any barriers or challenges and what some of those barriers or challenges might be for the center as a whole to be able to do the work that they do within the community. Yeah, we are, we're doing a lot of work internally to really recognize the history of white supremacy, the history of colonialism that has gone into Rainbow's history. We have been looking back on some of our historical documents, uh, going back to the founding of the center at the University of Manitoba back in 1973. And it has been a very white organization and we really need to be doing intentional work to include indigenous understandings of both gender and sexuality here at the center um, and really work with our two-spirited members of the community to really listen to what they need. So we are really working to establish programming that is for BIPOC folks. We have, as part of our youth program, we're establishing specific BIPOC programming nights. As part of Camp Aurora, we always have space for Indigenous teachings uh, to give, whether it's whatever identity folks are using, whether it's uh, Indigiqueer, uh, Two-Spirit, and really whatever, people want to identify with 
give them space to really explore those identities and have access to those teachings that belong to them and should not have been taken from them by colonial action. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And good to hear that, you know, this work is still going forward, you know, despite some of the challenges, despite, you know, colonialism and despite things kind of getting in the way, everyone seems like, you know, yourself is really focused on moving forward and finding more ways that we can better engage with the community. So that's, that's really good to hear. One question that we really like to ask different centers and individuals is, uh, let's say that all barriers were like erased, like all of the challenges that you have were, were erased and gone. What are some of your biggest goals and wishes for the community? Like, uh, let's say, you know, you had all the staff and all the funding you needed. What, what would uh, be some of the biggest goals and wishes that you have? So we work a lot from a trauma-informed practice, uh, and we do see a lot of folks who have experienced trauma based on the homophobia, biphobia, transphobia that is out there in society. And if, if all those barriers were erased and I could magically make homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, make those all disappear, I think our, our goals would really be to be a place for members of the 2S LGBTQ community to find community and build their own identities and really having having a space to be free from that type of oppression and really just building kind of a thriving community where people can grow old and live out their identities in peace. Whether and whatever that looks like for folks, but really, like even in older adult housing, we have folks who feel like they're being forced back into the closet uh, in order to access retirement facilities and having to no longer live with their partner. So really, I, I'd like to see a place where we're, we're working from the time people are coming out of the closet, figuring out their identity to a safe place for them to retire into their golden years. That's awesome. That'd be pretty amazing. What would be some of the things that you would need to be able to make that happen? Like if our, if our listeners are able to support, what would be some ways that they would be able to contribute either with monetary donation or volunteer work or anything like that? Yeah, uh, we do have a donation page on our website. Uh, that's always appreciated. We are in the beginning stages of planning our gala for next year. Um, and based on what it looks like now, we were hoping to have an in-person gala. So that's one of our big major fundraisers. So keep an eye out for that coming up. So yeah, I would direct people to our website. We have our volunteer coordinator, Adam, and he is looking for volunteers for a couple of our groups to facilitate our support groups. And also uh, we've got a open posting on our website for volunteers uh, that we're recruiting for on a regular basis if people want to come in. And really working to challenge homophobia, biphobia, transphobia as you see it in your day-to-day life. Yeah, sweet. So, um, sorry, uh, and the the website would be what specifically just for our uh, radio listeners? 
Uh, rainbowresourcecenter.org on our main page. There's a big donate button to the right, uh, and folks can uh, donate there directly. Yeah, that's that's awesome. For our listeners as well, anybody who's listening, how can they, let's say they want to access your resources or access some programming, they can just go straight to the website or get in contact with you? Yeah, they can give me a call directly, 204-474-0212. I'm at extension 201. I can connect folks to our services. We do have a toll-free number, and it's 855-437-8523 for folks who uh, might be paying long distance to call us here in Winnipeg. But that comes right to the center, and folks, I'm always happy to connect folks to resources. That's awesome. And just before we wrap up here, one thing we do like to do on the show as well is see if our guest would be interested in picking what song would follow the episode on the radio. I always love uh, True Colors by Cindy Lauper. Perfect. That might be the quickest answer we've ever gotten. Everyone's always on the spot with this. <laughs> You're ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's one of my favorites. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bryce, for taking the time out of your day to come and speak to us here and let us learn a little bit about yourself and about Rainbow Resource Center. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks so much. You too. Bye. Thanks, Bryce. See ya. See ya. This has been Engage on UMFM 101.5. You are listening to Rainbow Resource Center.